Is Jesse Winker a lock to play elsewhere in 2023? It sure sounds like it. We'll be discussing Ryan Divish's comments on the clubhouse's disdain for Winker's reported behavior this past season and also name the Mariners' biggest surprise and biggest disappointment here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. This is Tidy and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. And on the show today, we'll be dissecting Ryan Devish's comments on the Jesse Winker situation. And we'll be... Uh, begin handing out our season awards for the Mariners with the biggest surprise, which is going to be a positive surprise, not a disappointing surprise, because we are also going to be handing out our biggest disappointment award from the 2022 campaign. But uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our show, uh, we've been asked this quite a few times on Twitter and on here uh, about what our schedule is going to be like now that the season is over. So to clarify that, so we don't have to answer any more questions about it, I'm sure there's still going to be people that ask, but uh, we are still going to be five times a week, Monday through Friday, all the way through the winter meetings. That's currently the plan. And then after the winning winter meetings are done, we'll be going to three times a week. We're planning on doing that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday like we did last year and then doing our Patreon show on Tuesday and Thursday until spring training begins. And then we're back to our regular schedule until the winter meetings again, basically. So, yeah. So now that, that's, uh, now that we've said that, hopefully that clears up all of that for uh, for a lot of folks uh so you are not going to be getting uh, rid of us that easily uh not until mid-december it seems all right so yesterday you guys wanted us to talk about this uh the jesse winker situation but yesterday was kind of our send-off for the 2022 ball club and we wanted to keep things positive and keep things light on there but now let's get into it. This was the big news story yesterday. Ryan Divish was making the rounds on uh, the radio, and uh, I believe he was on KJR, and then he went on uh, 710 Seattle Sports and talked to uh, Brock and Salk, right, Colby? Yep. Yep. So uh, I believe this quote, and I'm going to read this, this comes from uh, uh, Joe Vieira on Twitter, who uh, uh, I believe uh, transcribed this for us, and... Um, I believe this is from Divish's appearance on Brock and Salk, where he said, quote, I think by the end of the season, it's what scou- uh, scouts call a tired act. I just think some players, some of his teammates were done with him. were just tired of putting up with him. And I think that the team is frustrated with him. Everything that Mitch Hanniger does to prepare for a game and to get ready, Jesse Winker's kind of the opposite. I mean, I can say it. He may not like it, but I think he's not very physically strong. I don't think he puts in the time to be better defensively or have a better arm or any of the work that should be done. And really, it is counter to what has made this team great. The last few years, this team prepares more than any team I've ever seen on a daily basis to be ready to play that day, and he doesn't. He doesn't always, you know, it's just not there, and it's noticeable players notice it i think part of it too is when he didn't post for that double header and guys were having to play 18 straight innings i think that bothered some players and once you lose your teammates why be there so there's going to be some hard conversations either with jesse from this front office or they're just going to move on and scott service has said that a lot of times we have a plan 
We have a way we play. We have a way we prepare. And if you don't like it, we'll find somebody else that does if you can't do it. So, Colby, let's start right there with that. Divis says that there are going to be meetings with Jesse Winker, but given everything that we've heard, and by the way, this has kind of been the worst kept secret around the Mariners for a while. This has been known that that teammates have been rubbed the wrong, wrong way by Jesse Winker's performance and how he's prepared. But if they are going to have these meetings, is there any way to salvage this relationship at all? Or is Jesse Winker for sure going to be playing in another uniform next year? Uh, think there's a way to salvage it um you know it's it's interesting uh essentially what divish is, is saying is that jesse winker is lazy right and, and that uh people in the mariners you know clubhouse they they believe he's lazy too and and that's a problem uh the meetings that they're going to have with with jesse winker uh it's worth noting those are standard they have them with every player it's an exit interview this is what we want you to do this off season this is what blah, blah, blah. And they do that with every player who's under contract uh, through next year. And that includes Jesse Winker. So, um, you know, I think, I think you have to have a heart to heart here. Uh, I, I think that not only does Jesse have to participate um, in, you know, the, the culture of the Seattle Mariners, but he has to exemplify it now because he's already proven that he's not willing to do so. Uh, it's something that maybe he could have gotten away with if he was producing. He didn't at any point this year was he, a good major league baseball player. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be tough for him to recover that relationship. I don't think it's impossible that he sticks around. Um, you know, their the resume does still speak for itself despite the bad year. Uh, and Seattle does owe him, I believe $8 million next year. So it's possible that he sticks around because I don't foresee the Mariners just DFAing him and losing $8 million for nothing. Um, but it's, it's hard to imagine that he's going to have much trade value either. So I think it comes down to a heart to heart, and and you know if you feel like maybe Jesse is willing to commit uh, to uh, the Mariner way or whatever we're going to call it, um, then I think you can give him a shot and see how he does in spring training. Uh, and if he just flat out won't do it and he refuses to do it, uh, then I think you know you just you have to eat this one and then say we know we made a bad uh, decision on Winker. We thought uh, he was he was you know a Mariner, and and it turns out he's not. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having standards in your clubhouse and, and, you know, removing those who, who won't meet your standard or refuse to meet your standard. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I don't want to bring this all the way back, but this is basically what we heard about with Felix Hernandez, right? It's the same type of idea that this team, they grind, they prepare, they, they put in the work pregame and they spend just as much time off the field thinking about that day's game as they do playing it. And, you know, Felix didn't want to do any of that. And now it sounds like Jesse Winker didn't want to do any of that. And Felix stuck around till the end of his contract because of how much money he was owed. And, you know, Jesse, not the same situation. So it's definitely possible that he's played his last game as a Mariner. But I do think there's a chance that, uh, that there can be a, a real exchange here. And, and uh, you know, maybe it serves as a wake-up call for Jesse that he just can't roll out of bed and play baseball. So you were talking about the contract. Remember, they they bought out his arbitration year, uh, so it's eight point two five million uh, this year. So again, they're probably not going to just outright DFA him and eat that money. They're going to try to salvage as much as they can if they do have to part ways. But I think it would be most favorable for both sides, really, to work this thing out because 
you know, there's still a way that the Mariners could use him as their roster is currently constructed. Now, that can obviously change over the course of the offseason, and, and Winker could end up being more or less expendable. But right now, as things currently stand, there is a path to, you know, for Jesse Winker to help this ball club in 2023, primarily as a DH, of course, because. Look, even if he were to put in more effort, because, you know, I think the big part of this, and I think even Dipvish talked about it, it's the defense, really, that is the the big thing that has rubbed uh, Mariners' teammates the wrong way. And I would assume it's really the pitching staff, right? Because he's cost them runs. He cost them runs this year. And so even if he is able to improve the defense a little bit, he's still not a talented defender whatsoever. You go back to his days in Cincinnati, it was still a disaster. It wasn't necessarily as bad as this, but you don't want him playing consistent innings in a corner outfield spot at all, if you can avoid it. So that said, though, I think he can still help this team. And really, at the end of the day, if they do trade him, if they do part ways with him, they're still going to have to eat some of that money, I would think. And they're probably not going to get anything useful in return for him. So it's just kind of a, a lose-lose situation in, in that sense for the Mariners as well. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, while this is surprising to hear with just kind of everything we knew about him in, in Cincinnati, and even there have been... Uh, people in Cincinnati that have talked about this and have said like this wasn't a thing this was never a thing with Jesse Winker it it is um like I like I said though this has been kind of the worst kept secret with the Mariners this past year and really though you didn't even need to hear any rumblings that were going on because you could just see it on the field you could see that he wasn't putting the work in you could see that he was overly pressing and that you know things were really getting to him and I think that's also part of it as well is that he kind of went into his own shell this year as things started to get worse and worse and started to snowball and then injuries started to occur for him as well and just everything kind of culminated in him just really I I mean I think it's as simple as just him not really liking baseball this year and so you know hopefully he can refine that love this offseason and work through some things but you know, we had heard that, you know, he, he wasn't really putting the work in and that, you know, when it came to his uh, his approach at the plate that, you know, he, he was doing things outside of the organization, all this stuff to work on his swing. And then he was coming back and he was changing his swing and changing his approach like every couple of weeks. And it just there was no consistency there from Winker. And he was clearly obviously pressing a lot. And so hopefully he can reset, revert back to neutral, get healthy this offseason and really try to work on himself because he needs to. If he's going to stay in Seattle, he's got to do that, and he's got to show a willingness to do that right now. He's got to show that he's ready to go right now to put in the work this offseason. If not, he's out of here. And if they if the Mariners have to eat all the money and they don't get anything in return, they're unfortunately going to have to do that because this team, as we've seen, they want guys that fit this clubhouse, that fit their culture, and it doesn't matter who you are and how much money you make if you don't do those things. If you don't check off those boxes, you're not going to be a Seattle Mariner. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Winker's year a little later on in the show. But first, we're actually going to uh, get hashtag positive here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Talk about the biggest positive surprise for the Mariners in 2022. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Roan. 
We all know that when you look good, you feel good, but sometimes looking good means putting on uncomfortable fitting clothing that don't breathe and limit your mobility. The dress shirt in particular was due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Firstly, mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way. Secondly, looking good is easy with Roan's styles. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. And thirdly, let's talk about Roan's odor-free tech. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. Together. I received a commuter shirt from Roan, and I gotta tell you, it's one of the most comfortable things I've ever put on my body. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. It's time to find your corner office comfort. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're going to start handing out some season awards for the 2022 Mariners now that we've said goodbye and all that good stuff. And we're also going to get into some player reviews on the Locked On Mariners podcast a little later on, maybe in a week or two. We'll start doing that, start doing individual player reviews. But let's start by handing out some big awards. And let's start with the biggest surprise, the biggest positive surprise from this year one player that surprised us that came out of nowhere and produced for this team colby i think there's an obvious answer here but i'll start with you i'm interested to see what you think uh i think uh for me i'd have to say it's uh it's cal raleigh uh i think raleigh you know he he certainly had this in him obviously because he did it um but you know i think we all kind of thought that yeah, you know, Cal's still probably the catcher of the future, but it'd be nice if he came up and he did something to show that he, he's that guy. Um, but I think we all kind of assume that, you know, this is going to be Tom Murphy and Luis Torrens, and, uh, you know, Cal probably get some chances here and there. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, Torrens never really hit. And, uh, you know, Tom Murphy went out for the year in, what was it, uh, late April, early, very early May. Um, and so, you know, Cal was kind of forced uh, to come up before I think the team even really wanted him to come up. And, uh, all he did was, you know, take a stranglehold of that uh, catcher's job and, you know, produce one of the best seasons by catcher in franchise history, if not the best. Uh, and, you know, kind of enters this offseason as you know, arguably a top five catcher in all of baseball. When you look at defensive metrics, you took you look at the power uh, and he was he was even great in the postseason. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, Cal Raleigh kind of based on what we saw last year and, and what we saw very early uh, you know, in 2021, I think the fact that he ended the year as a legitimate, you know, cleanup hitter for this team and, and, you know, hitting cleanup in the playoffs and hitting a ton of big home runs and his at bats in the Toronto series were the best we've ever seen from him. And he just appears to be trending up. So I think for me, the biggest surprise has to be Cal Raleigh. I, I would throw a, uh, I would throw a, a nod to a Eugenio Suarez, um, who, you know, has, has done, this type of thing before so it's not as big of a surprise but based on what he had done the previous two years it was certainly a uh, 
it was a bit of a surprise at least. But uh, to me, the answer here is uh, Cal Raleigh. Yeah, got to give a shout out to Suarez. Uh, but I think, you know, when I said that, I think that there was an obvious answer here. I was referring to, to Raleigh as well. I mean, for what you said, being, you know, starting the season as basically the Mariners' third catcher with Luis Torrens and Tom Murphy, and then eventually getting sent down and then having to come back up, like whatever it was, six, seven days later, uh, and just looking completely reinvented both at and behind the plate. Uh, he ended up being a 4.2 F4 player this year. Like he was incredibly valued, one of the mo- valuable, one of the most valuable catchers in all of baseball. Uh, he ends up hitting 27 home runs, including, of course, the the drought ender. And you know, he ends up getting a plus 18 defensive WAR from Fangraphs. I believe he was 83rd percentile in framing. Like the 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 catching uh, metrics are off the charts for for Raleigh. And on top of that. I mean, he looks like Jim Tomei at the plate, <laughs> like a little miniature Jim Tomei. It's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, that swing from the left side is incredible. Uh, it's incredibly explosive. And, you know, I think he's going to start hitting for a higher average starting next year. Um, we'll see if he can get the on-base percentage over uh, over 300 because, I mean, look, <laughs> he posted 4.2 F4 while slashing 211, 284, 49, uh, 489. I think those numbers can go up. Each of those numbers can go up pretty significantly for him in the next few years. Uh, so we're talking about potentially a, a six war player <laughs> in Cal Raleigh. That might like Cal Raleigh could potentially, I don't, you know, I'm not saying he definitively could be, but there is a path here for Cal Raleigh to be a, a, an MVP candidate in the next couple of years yeah. with the way that he's going. If he looks as good, if you can, like, if he takes his playoff performance and just like extrapolates that over 120 games. Uh, next year, he will get votes for most valuable player. They'll be down the ballot. I, I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to win that award ever. Um, but again, we're talking about you know four and a half to five win catcher who at the end of the year again was it wasn't just that he was hitting home runs. He was spraying the ball all over the place. He was working counts. He was laying off extremely tough pitches. He was the Mariners' best hitter in, in the uh, in the postseason, uh, and he just he looks you know every bit the part of. You know, one of those guys, he looks like he's on the way to becoming a, a Joe Maurer, Buster Posey, uh, you know, maybe JT Romuto for a more modern comparison. Like he's in that echelon right now. Uh, I believe he also led all of baseball in, in runners caught stealing. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is really about as as well-rounded of a catcher as you can find. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worth noting that he did most of his work in the playoffs or all of his work in the playoffs with a th- thumb that had a torn ligament and, and bone chips in it so mm-hmm. uh you know just you add all that together and, and raleigh's not only a you know a, a great catcher he's also uh kind of a, a building block player he's he's a foundation player and that's he put himself in that position when five months ago we were wondering like you know is he a backup is he you know is he the guy that you have to find a 50 50 partner with is he a platoon guy and he's answered most of those questions uh, in just five months, and and now he's gone from you know eh, we'll see what he is to he's part of the foundation, and, and that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. And on top of that, I mean, like, well, yeah. First, let's talk about the legendary run in the postseason and in the last couple weeks of the regular season. You know, after he slid into first against what was it, San Diego, and he injured the thumb. He had a piece of the thumb uh, bone chipped off. Uh, the he has a torn UCL in his left thumb. I believe he's having a procedure on that if he hasn't already uh, to, to repair that. And he hit the drought ender with that. 
he hit the home run in Toronto with that. He hit like a couple other extra base hits in Toronto and, you know, had some big moments in, in the postseason overall. And then in the final game of the season, caught 18 innings and 236 pitches on that left thumb, catching the likes of George Kirby and Matt Brash and Paul Sewald and Andres Munoz. And by the way, let's mention Andres Munoz here as well. I think he was a pretty big surprise this year because, look, the guy coming off of Tommy John surgery only threw one inning last year in the series in the season finale, came back, first couple months of the year weren't great, and then this year, and then from that point forward, ends up finishing seventh in, in – uh, reliever f4 with 1.9 he was uh i believe fifth in k's per nine uh this year amongst all relievers andres munoz was incredible and going back to raleigh real quick mm-hmm. you know on top of everything that he did for this team he also became a leader and i think that was pretty evident on the field and um you know when they would have you know some of those meetups on the mound and uh just kind of how he would take the lead in those situations and just seeing how this clubhouse is kind of you know, rallied around him. And of course, with the name, you know, the big number thing and all that, just the legend continues and continues to grow. Cal Raleigh, this postseason especially, kind of became a little bit of a household name as well because of just, you know, what he's become, the the nickname, what he's been able to do for this team, ending the drought, all the big moments of the postseason. He's going to be a guy. He's going to be a guy. I think he ends up making an all-star team next year, you know, barring health and all that stuff. The uh, this team is in great hands with guys like Andres Munoz, Cal Raleigh, and Eugenio Suarez. So, all right, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Jesse Winker. I think that's pretty clear. I, I don't think we need to keep that a surprise going into our next segment. I think it's uh, pretty obvious who uh, the biggest disappointment for the uh, 2022 Mariners was or hey maybe uh colby has another idea but let's talk about built bar real quick if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys and guess what there's a new flavor you ready delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again chills let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate all of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family it will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself go to built.com use promo code locked on 15 and get 15 percent off your order again that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast so again no surprises here no teases here i think we can all agree the biggest disappointment of 2022 was jesse winker especially after what we talked about at the top of the show mm-hmm. all right Col- colby you have another answer let's hear it dylan moore oh <laughs> of course i knew it i didn't even need to ask i really didn't i i nope. I, I, I i led myself right into that one yeah yeah hey there's nothing wrong with dylan moore that changing his swing entirely couldn't fix but uh no, it's 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 probably Winker. I mean, I think you also do have to throw Adam Frazier in there. Yeah, um, he was. I mean, he's just bad. He had one good month in the regular season and one good you know game in the postseason, and people were talking about giving him an extension because he hit the double. No, that's what stupid teams do. Thank you for hitting the double. Now go away forever. Like no, Adam Frazier was terrible this year. You wouldn't bring him back. Probably as a not bench. as terrible as. 
no, I will do better. It won't be hard. I'll walk into a bar and point at somebody and say, you, you're the new utility guy for the Mariners and it'll be an upgrade. So well, that bar would be like, you know, college bar mm. that I knew the LSU uh, Tigers uh, hung out in, but whatever. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But uh, no, it's it's probably Winker. I mean, I I do think you have to throw Frazier in there. He was he was also bad, and those were kind of the two. Those were the two all stars that the Mariners brought in uh, this winter, and they both, for lack of a better term, stunk. Uh, so uh, I think you have to mention both. But I, I think if I have to pick one, I would say it's probably Winker because not only did was he you know pretty bad at the plate. I know he finished with like a one oh eight WRC plus. That's all walks like. If he doesn't walk at it that rate, he's he's worthless. And so, uh, but his defense was atrocious. And at least Adam Frazier wasn't, you know, the worst defensive player I've ever seen. So I'll give him that. So I, I guess with that tiebreaker in mind, I would say Jesse Winker's probably the biggest disappointment on this team. But yeah, I think you got to throw Adam Frazier. And I mean, there's some other like down the ballot uh, candidates, like maybe Drew Steckenrider or somebody like that. But it, mm-hmm. it's Jesse Winker's award to, uh, Win, lose, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to, yeah. however you want to phrase it. Colby, I remember when when the Winker trade happened and we got on this podcast. We did an emergency episode before we were even on YouTube. It was just back in the audio only days, which feels like forever and a day ago. Uh, we said, you know, we're, we were so happy. We were freaking out because we were like, oh my god, the Mariners just got one of the ten best hitters in baseball in WRC plus last year. Like, holy crap! Like they just got an all star. Like, and so while 108 WRC plus is, is nice, that's a serviceable offensive piece. Uh, it's really bad for Jesse Winker, for Jesse Winker's standards rather, because like, like you said, most of it is walks. He walked 15.4% of the time, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But when that's really the only thing you can do and your swing looks like a complete mess and you're not hitting for any power and like divish said he doesn't think that winker is very physically strong didn't really look like it you know it looked like it at the beginning of the year where you know he was hitting a lot of uh potential home runs that were just dying at the wall but even that started to die out over the course of the season he ends up hitting what 14 home runs which is not terrible but for jesse winker's standards he should be hitting somewhere in the 20 to 25 range at least uh and he ended up slashing you know 219 344 344 he slugged 344 he slugged the same as his on base percentage it's awful by the way we should we should drop the caveat of 14 home runs not being bad uh if you're the worst defender in baseball that's bad that's true you have to hit more than 14 home runs if you're going to be that bad defensively you have to hit more than 215 or whatever it was. You have to do those things. You have to slug more than 344. You have to. Because walks are great, and 344 on base is, is above league average. It's great. But walks advance you one base. Yeah. And Jesse Winker doesn't have the speed to take advantage of walks. He doesn't have the power to uh, to take advantage. And, you know, with the walks came a lot of strikeouts and a lot of pop-ups. Like, Jesse Winker was bad. So when, when people say, well, he had the one oh whatever WRC plus, like, cool, but understand how empty that is. Yeah, it doesn't give you the value that you actually think it is because when you look at, like, his base running, right, he was a negative .4 or 4.3 uh, base running rate uh, this year. And uh, that, like, again, like you said, 
he'll get on base, but he can't really take advantage of it. He doesn't add you or he doesn't give you value on the base pass. So, you know, that still puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the lineup to produce in those situations when he does get on base. And that's why he especially was not a good fit at all at the top of the order. Because you want guys yeah. that can get on base and can do damage where, you know, if Ty France, you know, hits a CNI single or whatever, like, you know, you can get two bases. Jesse Winker can only get one in that situation. You know, that's that's the kind of lack of value that we're talking about here. That And on top of that, again, he was quite literally the worst defender I've seen since Raul Obanias in left field for the Mariners. Like, it was that bad. Uh, at least Raul hit dingers. That's true. And at least he worked hard. So, uh, yeah, like I said, if, if you're going to be lazy, which, again, Divish didn't come out and say it, but that's because, you know, he's a professional. He's not going to just – that player's lazy. That's that's not and, the by the way, you use. But. I, I want to address something on that front, by the way, because I've seen a few people, not a ton of people, because I think most people get it, but a few people say, like, well, maybe Divish is just trying to stir the pot or he's just doing that on behalf of the Mariners. I can promise you one thing. Ryan Divish does not – say anything on behalf of the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> he does not say anything because no. the Seattle Mariners want him to. Uh, if you know about how uh, the Kyle Seeger situation went down and all that stuff, you'll know damn well that the, the Mariners and uh, Divish uh, don't particularly see eye to eye on certain It's things. a professional relationship at best. Yeah, exactly. There is no personal connection between Ryan Divish and the Seattle Mariners. None. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Plus, I mean, you're just going to call a guy a bootlicker because you don't like what he says. Who would ever do that? Who would ever have that happen to them? Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's just Divish calling it like he sees it. Um, you know, and, and uh, Divish is, is pretty well connected. So, yeah. inside that clubhouse, Divish has his uh, – his not spies, but like he has his connections in that clubhouse, and, right. and so he'll get to the bottom. And it's of not it. just Divish. Divish, and it's not just Divish. Right, right, talking right. about this. Joe Doyle was talking about this right. yesterday, I believe. We've heard similar uh, things. Had, yeah, yeah, in the summer. Yeah, uh, you know, in July. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's not a super well kept secret. Uh, I mean, I guess for the the public at large, it was a bit of a secret, but uh, for the people with any kind of connection to the team. Um, it had it, it it had gotten out that that was a possibility. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Jesse, you can't be lazy and bad. You can be bad and work hard, or you can be great and be lazy. But you can't be anything in between, and it's just not going to work with the Mariners. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, I think I I think I tweeted at you one time. I was like, I'm pretty sure Mitch Haniger is take going to take a swing at Jesse Winker. Uh, in the in the dugout, uh, I don't even remember what happened. There's some kind of something happened in a game, and I was like, "Mitch is furious right now. He might take a punch at, at Jesse Winker." And and well, <laughs> maybe he wanted to, but uh, uh, yeah, it it's just you know, it, there's nothing positive about this year for Jesse Winker. He wasn't even on the playoff roster. He didn't even like. Jesse Winker is going to be the forgotten guy on the on the drought breaking team because uh, he didn't really endear himself. I even uh, to, saw something, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw something that he was invited to come to Game Three in Seattle, and he just didn't just didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, well, you think about it, like Tom Murphy was there. Tom Murphy, Tom Murphy was in was Toronto. Listed. Yeah, that's when Tom Murphy went with the team 
and Tom Murphy had spent most of this year away from the team rehabbing. So now, I mean, Murphy, as we were told, is a, a leader in that clubhouse. Um, we heard that, you know, the void that he left when, uh, you know, when he got hurt, uh, it took a while for somebody to step up and fill that. Like Murphy is important to that clubhouse or at least was. Uh, so that makes sense. But the fact that he stuck around, even though he, I mean, if we're being frank, he had nothing to do with the Mariners breaking their playoff drought, not on the field at least. And, and Winker at least did some things on the field that helped the Mariners win a game on occasion. So uh, the fact that he was around and he was excited to be there and Jesse Winker wasn't, it's just not a good look. So uh, all signs point to a divorce, but uh, I, I think, you know, there is a way to salvage this. And, uh, you know, it, it starts with these exit interviews. And, and Jesse Winker's not the only one who's going to have a difficult exit interview uh, either. So, um, you know, there are a lot of things that will be said that we'll never know about. This one we just happened to because, I mean, it was going to come out eventually. And, and Divis just kind of put it out there for for us to talk about, but yeah, there's just no way around it. Jesse Winker was a huge disappointment for the Mariners and if he doesn't play another game for the Mariners, he's probably going to go play for someone else and he's probably going to hit just fine. And you're going to look and say, Oh, well, look at that Mariners bring in a guy and he fails and he goes somewhere else and he's good again. And he goes, yeah, that's going to happen. It's, Jesse Winker won't be the last guy for that to be the truth about either. So sometimes you just have to recognize that, yeah, we lost this one and wash your hands of it. But the good news for the Mariners is in that same deal, they did get a Eugenio Suarez, who is basically the polar opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. So it worked out pretty well. So yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I would have like now knowing what I know, I would have traded Brandon Williamson for the say Eugenio Suarez. So I feel good about the trade still. I would have made the trade. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnoad, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11 at C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. And uh, tomorrow's episode, we'll uh, start handing out some more awards. But Make your second listen today. The Locked On MLB podcast, MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.